This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. Of your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Leviticus, chapter 16. I did fail to tell you this, but Brother Tim has brought you some Granny Smith apples, and after church, if you'd like some apples, if you'll step out to the parking lot, he will hook you up. Last year, I was sitting under the ministry of Pastor Jensen Franklin in a camp meeting service. And he preached a sermon that when he preached it, afterwards, we were just kind of like, wow. Pastor Jonathan and I talked, and, you know, we've got all kinds of big hopes and high dreams and visions for what we believe this body's supposed to do one day. We even talked about, you know, one day if this church ever moved and it was no longer on Sapona Road, it wouldn't be able to be called Sapona Road, that we'd rebrand it after the title of this sermon, and it was kind of crazy. It's not going to happen, but. The sermon had an impact. But as I took notes uh, on the sermon that Pastor Jensen Franklin preached that night, when I finished it at the top of my note to keep up with it, I titled my notes Father's Day 2019. And that was a year ago. And I've known a year ago, which is completely unlike me, and never has it happened before, and I don't know that it ever happened again, but I've known the heart of the message that I believed that God had for us today. And so this message is inspired by, I'm not going to preach Pastor Jensen Franklin's sermon, but it is uh, inspired by, and it's similar. I ain't trying to steal the man's stuff. I'm not so humble that I can't tell you that this sermon came from him. Amen? Ain't no reason for me to try to pretend like it was mine. There's no reason to do that. Um, It's not. I have changed some things, so I'm not preaching his sermon to you because I don't believe he's standing here preaching to whoever he preached it to. I'm standing here preaching to you, but it's good stuff. Leviticus chapter 16. I want to begin reading to you. I believe in verse 6 is what we've got on the screen. It says, Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself, which is for himself to make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall take two goats and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the two goats, one for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which is the Lord's, uh, which the Lord's lots fell and offer him as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement upon it and to let it go as the scapegoat into the wilderness. If you will please jump down with me to verse uh, 20, it says, and when he is made an end of atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand 
of a suitable man. Somebody say a suitable man. By the hand of a suitable man, the goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. And then dropping down to verse 26, he who released the goat as the scapegoat shall wash his clothes, bathe his body in water, and afterwards he may come into the camp. I know that it's weird that we're going to talk about goats on Father's Day, uh, but we're going somewhere, so hang with me. This is the Day of Atonement, and the Day of Atonement is a time when uh, it was celebrated once a year. It was a festival. It was a time that some believed that the people of Israel actually fasted during this festival. If they did, it would be uh, the only time that it's believed that they would fast as far as a festival would go. But it took place one time a year, and it was an opportunity for the people to confess their sin to the priest, and the priest would uh, deal with the sin of all the people, and they would come back to one oneness with God. Atonement, if you break it down, at one mint. And it was an opportunity for the people to, to bridge the gap, to bring back the gap of separation that had separated them from God through their sin. You with me? You sure? Come on, help me. You can't be quiet today. I'm struggling already, so you got to help me. The Day of Atonement was this really big day, and there was all these very specific instruction. The part that I did not read to you is Aaron, the priest, had to do all this other stuff on his own to uh, purposely cover up the sin and the, the blemished sacrifices, the blood that had to be put on the altar, the place, the, the tent of meeting, all the area, the Holy of Holies, all of this had to have all this special character, uh, the special rituals done to it to cover up all the sin before he could even move on to the sins of the people. And it's really interesting, I, I kind of dug into it a little bit, but it wasn't what I was preaching, but the very first part of chapter 16, the Lord says, hey, Moses, you need to tell Aaron he don't get to come into the Holy of Holies whenever he wants to. Actually, it actually takes place after Aaron's sons have just died because they offered up a fire that was not the, the correct, what's the term that he used? He said, the profane fire. Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of two sons of Aaron when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. I looked up profane fire. I wanted to know what, what happened. I mean, they're offering up a fire, right? They're offering up a sacrifice. Why, why would they have died when they offered up what they believed to be the, the fire. What really happened was they didn't go through the rituals. They didn't go through what ha had been put in place in this time. Remember, we're Old Testament. We ain't offering up goats in here as sacrifices this morning. We're talking about Old Testament. There were very specific rules. There were very specific law about the way that you approach the presence of God. And these dudes walked up in there and act like it was just nothing and nonchalant, start trying to offer up sacrifices, you know, like me and you do sometimes when we want to give God our, our half or, or maybe we want to not really put it all in. And I wanted to say something that won't go nice, but I ain't going to say half tail right here in the pulpit. But we want to do it kind of just like that just a little bit, but we don't want to give him everything. That's what they're trying to do, and it ended up getting them killed. They were willing to go through the motions that God had set forth in place. Thankfully, we don't have to do that. Thankfully, I don't have to do what they had to do to stand before you and deliver the gospel this morning. But they weren't willing to do what it was God had placed before them to do in the first place. And it cost them their lives. But we scratch all that. That's not the sermon. 
So we make it here, and after Aaron has done everything he had to do, and he's atoned for his own sins, and he's handled his own, he's handled his own household, the, the temple of God, the holy of holies, everything is ready. Then God said, all right, now you take two goats. And these two goats, see, there had to be two goats because one goat had to die. He said, take these two goats, and one of these goats is going to be killed. Cast your lots. And that's kind of like rolling the dice, but it was, this, it was this spiritual dice, if you will, and it was this sacrament lot that they, he would cast, and he, they believed that God literally was choosing the goat that would be the best suited for this. So he would, he would cast the lots, and he would choose the goat which God chose uh, for it to be his goat. He would slaughter that goat. It would be killed, and that would give the people forgiveness of their sin. You with me? First goat gave what? Forgiveness. But there had to be a second goat. And the second goat, the New King James calls it the scapegoat. The scapegoat was interesting. I, we were talking, Melissa's not here, but she was talking the other night about a goat. And uh, I think that Brother Sammy had a friend that, y'all can tell him I talked about him since they're not here this morning. Brother Sammy had a friend that sold a goat, and this guy said, hey, I'll buy your goat, and he gets there and knocks it in the head and kills it and throws it in the car and takes it home and cooks it. <laughs> it's like, you couldn't wait till you got home to kill my goat, right? But anyway, Miss Melissa didn't like this story, and so you can tell her, but I don't think she'd like this story either because what had to happen was Aaron took this goat, and he would literally lay his hands on the head of that goat. And as families come in and confess their sin, and I really don't know that that would be any fun. I'm just saying, some sin is, uh, you know, private between you and the Lord, and you confess that in your own time, and everybody don't need to know. Just saying. But as the families confess their sins, and they poured out what had happened over the last 12 months, Aaron symbolically would take that sin and put on the head of that goat. This sounds crazy. Understand, it's Old Testament law. God said to do it this way. It ain't me. And, and he would hold his hands on that goat's head, and as your family stood around and, well, I actually did this this year, and I shouldn't have. And the baby's looking up saying, what kind of daddy are you? Well, honey, I, I, I can't, I got to. The whole time Aaron's standing there, and he's pouring the sins of the families on these goats, this, this goat. And when all the people of Israel have confessed their sin, the Bible said that there had to be a suitable man. Can you put that verse up, please, ma'am? I don't remember which one it is, where it says that the suitable man. Aaron lay his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over all the iniquities of the children of Israel. There's their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat, and he shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. So after all the people of Israel had confessed their sin, I would think that'd take a little while. I don't think I'd want to be Aaron either. I don't think I'd want to be the goat to carry the weight of every sin of the people of Israel. I don't think Peter would be too happy with us putting sin on that goat's head. I'm just saying. But I wouldn't want to be Aaron. And 
after they finished, they've got to find a man. The King James Version calls this a fit man. See, it's got to be somebody that's willing to muscle up the goat, first of all. It's got to be somebody that actually is fairly physical fit because this goat can't come back to, can't come back to the camp. It's not an option. This goat's got to be taken to an inhabitable place where nobody else is at, and at that place the sin and the iniquities of the people of Israel will be released. That poor goat has got to go way away from where he's at. He cannot come home anymore. But he ain't going to go on his own. Somebody's got to take him. The suitable man has to take him. See, we don't ever really know the name. We don't ever really know anything about this suitable person that would take the goat. Obviously, they're not very important. Or are they? So you don't have to be famous or known to be suitable. Right? Let's back up just a second before I completely miss his whole point. It required two goats because the first goat gave the people what? Forgiveness. But their sin was still there. Right? When you receive salvation, you had forgiveness of your sin. Right? But something else had to take place. And so when we put the sin on the goat and sent the goat away, then now we had forgiveness of sin, but we also had removal of sin. You with me? It took two goats. See, I'm thankful that when Jesus came, and when Jesus came for you and for I, when I receive salvation, when I accept Jesus, I now have forgiveness and I have removal. I love the way that Pastor Jensen actually said it, and I'll quote him on this to an extent, but I'm not going to remember what he said. But he says, when, when, when the Lamb's book of life is opened up, there's not going to be all this history, all this junk, all this trouble that's going on in your life. What's going to be there is simply the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus in the Lamb's book of life is what's going to be written down. That means that in that one instant, I no longer have to have two goats. I no longer got to slaughter a goat and carry a goat off. Because of Jesus, I now have the forgiveness and the removal of sin. You talk about a suitable man. See, Hebrews said that, Hebrews said that the blood of the lamb and the goats would not cover sin. Jeremiah talked about a day when the people of Israel, the sin would be sought after but would not be in sight. That means that the sin, that means the goat has gone a long ways. You with me? He said there's coming a day 
When the people of Israel, the, the iniquities, the sin, the, the, the transgressions, it's going to be looked for, and it's not going to be there. It's going to be way off. It's not going to be in its place. David said that it's going to be as far as the east is from the west. I don't know about you, but I'm not all for going and running a marathon. I sure ain't all for going running from east is to the west, carrying a goat. It required two goats. There were three, three characteristics about this man that stood out to me. This is where me and Pastor Jensen part ways. There's three characteristics. See, in order for a man to be willing to carry anything, any kind of burden, any distance at all, there's got to be a purpose. Physically, if you pick up something and you start carrying it, if there's not a reason, if there's not a purpose, if there's not something at the end of that destination for you, if there's not some drive behind you, you're not carrying it the distance, right? I would carry computers out of the school system, and I, I would hate making two trips. And I was just dumb. Make two trips. I'd make one trip, and I'd have 25 laptops in a crate. That doesn't sound like very much when you pick them up and they're called MacBook Airs, but I promise you put 25 of them together, they're heavy. I'd have 25 laptops in a crate, and I'd think if I could just make it to the car, if I could just make it to the car, if I can just make it to the car, I'd take off across the parking lot, if I could just make it to the car. My arms be falling off. By the time I get there, that crate's bumping my knees because I ain't willing to put it down. Because I couldn't drop them. If I drop them, they break, and that's my paycheck. That's the drive. That's the purpose behind carrying that piece of equipment the distance, right? See, there had to be some kind of drive behind this suitable man in order for him to carry that goat far enough off that he didn't come back. I believe that that suitable man was only concerned with his family. He was concerned with his people, the people of Israel. He was concerned with the future. i got to get these sins as far away as I can get it. There's, this goat cannot come back. It is not optional. It is not a choice. He can't come back. See, there's things in our life. <clears throat> I'm going to preach this whether my voice hangs on or not. There's sins that have followed our families. There's sins that have followed us as men. There's, there's sins that, that our families are struggling with, that our kids are struggling with, that our wives are struggling with. Wives, there's stuff that your men are struggling with. There's, there's stuff. There's goats that need to be carried out of our camp. And they've got to be carried so far that they can't come back. And I'm willing to do everything I possibly can to be the suitable man that the goats of my past can't come back and haunt my babies. Because that suitable man, that fit man, that man that was willing to go to distance, he, he, he cared. There was a purpose. 
I can't imagine what it would be like carrying that 70, 80, 90-pound goat. And, and maybe he was directing him. I don't know. But he carried him to a stinking wilderness. It wasn't like he was taking him down to the oasis. Hey, let's go get you some grass to graze. I'll find me a nice cow and kill and have me a nice steak dinner. He's walking into the unknown. Walking into a place of loneliness. Walking into a place of, of despair. Walking into a place where he don't have a clue what's coming to him for what he's doing. He's walking in a purpose, though. This goat's not going back to my people. My family's not going to deal with this sin. My babies are not going to deal with this sin. The people of Israel are not going to deal with this anymore. He's walking in purpose. The suitable man's got a purpose. He's focused. The second thing about the fit man, I alluded to it just a little bit earlier was, see, it didn't matter who knew the fit man. The only one that had to know that that man was suitable was the one that chose him. That's a whole lot better than you just let us sink in. The only one that had to know that man was suitable to do the job that he was called to do was the one that chose him to do the job. We're going to fail. I stood in an altar with pastors this week. I found out I'm fickle. F-I-C-A-L. You know what that word is? I'll use his example, not mine. He said he's never wanted a swimming pool, ever. Him and his wife bought a house that's got a swimming pool. He thought, oh, this is beautiful. I like it. Okay, the next day, man, that thing's got to be cleaned. I hate swimming pools. The next day it was cleaned, and he got out there, and he got in it, and he laid around the sun. The kids come out. Oh, I'm so thankful we got a swimming pool. The next day rolled around. I hate this swimming pool. You with me? See, I'm going to give you just a little inkling about ministers, including this guy. See, the pastor's standing there preaching to pastors and admitting his fault of being fickle because he knows every one of us in that altar are. There are days when I walk firmly in my calling. There's days I have no doubt whatsoever God's gifted me. He's anointed me. He's called me. And I know that I have a purpose. I know that I have a plan. I know that I'm walking in what I'm supposed to be walking in. I can wake up the very next morning and wish I could be doing anything in the world else. I'm just being real with you. It's not all peaches and roses. And more times than not, the days that, I'll talk about me so we don't have to talk about you, that I wake up and want to do anything in the world else is because I don't feel capable, I don't feel qualified, I don't feel like I, I am the one that's chosen, I don't feel like I have what it is to do that God's called me to do. Maybe you don't feel like you're qualified to be the mama or the daddy that you, you've chosen or you're called to be at this point. Maybe you don't feel like you're the husband or the wife that you're supposed to be. I don't know what it is. 
But I'm just telling you, we wake up and we're like, what in the world am I doing here and how can I get out? But where we fail to, to realize, and when I finally come back to my reality, I come back to the idea, in order for me to be a suitable man, I don't have to care what any of you think about me. I don't have to worry about what any of you know about me. I don't take what any of you say as, as face value for me. All I have to worry about is the one that chose me. Whether you think I'm a suitable man or not really don't matter because I know he chose me to be a suitable man. I'm just telling you kind of how I feel just a little bit. I do hope that you think something of me and you think I'm suitable. <clears throat> the suitable man doesn't have to be known by anybody but the one that chooses him. I really wish, I really wish that we could have an example I wish I could go somewhere in Scripture and say this guy was the guy that carried the scapegoat. We don't know him. It wasn't important enough for us to have to write about later. But that doesn't mean he didn't do his job. Because if he hadn't have done his job, we as descendants of the people of Israel and Descendants of people of God would not be sitting here had that man not done his job. Right? So just because I do my job and just because I walk in my calling don't mean that anybody under the sun is going to know who I am six months from now. And that's okay. Because the only one that needs to know me is the one that chose me. The third thing that I notice about this suitable man is he knew about a comeback. He knew about a comeback. We're talking about a guy that had to go so far off in the wilderness that a goat I started to say a, a smart goat but goats are pretty dumb. They eat everything. But if there's anything a goat can do, it's figure out how to get in or out of a place they want to get to, right? They're going to figure out some way, shape, or form to make it to the place where there's food. Even if it is a bucket of nails. So here's a goat that obviously had been some kind of healthy animal. He's been offered up now as one of the two goats for sacrifice. There's something special about this goat. He ain't no scrawny little runt kind of goat. Somebody has fed him somewhere in the camp. Somebody has fattened him up. And now here this suitable man has got to do everything in his power to break the, the physical desire for that hand that fed this goat, they've got to go so far out that that goat cannot get back to the hand that was feeding it. Man, this thing just keeps coming. See, there's sin 
that we keep feeding that keeps coming back because we keep feeding it and we're not pushing it far enough out that it can't come back. We're not willing to carry it far enough out that we don't see it anymore. Jeremiah said they saw the iniquities and they were not in sight. Is the sin that we've been willing to be forgiven from, that we've been willing to remove. We've separated ourselves, but we have we put it out of sight. The goat comes back to the place where he was fed. I'd imagine that this was a journey for this suitable man. Goats are herd animals. There was two of them in the beginning, remember? Now one of them's dropped off. So this poor scapegoat has been taken away from the buddy that's been slaughtered for the Lord's sacrifice. So not only is he trying to get back to the hand that was feeding him, he's trying to get back to what he knows is comfortable to the one that was by his side before he left. It had to have been a journey. I remember we had goats. At one time, my sister used to do this rodeo event called Goat Time. And she was small enough that a man would actually get down and hold the goat's feet together, so all she had to do was ride her horse to the goat, get off, tie the feet, and she's done. But I remember getting into pen playing with these goats. It's really hard to make a goat do what it don't want to do. Right? So by the time this man took this goat into the wilderness, he had to have physically been exhausted. And here he is going into the lonely place right by himself. He's a suitable man, him and this sorry goat that he ain't bringing back. Don't make buddies with the sin because it ain't coming back. They're going off by themselves. Nobody to talk to but that goat who ain't coming back. Find me something in the wilderness to eat. Hopefully I find a, a creek that's clean and clear so I can get something to drink. I'm talking the wilderness. The place when it gets dark at night, it's dark. I've been in some pretty dark places of my life. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been in some pretty low lows where you could have cared less whether you woke up the next morning or not. Maybe you don't want to admit it, but I know you've been there. A wilderness. And maybe you didn't get there because you were trying to carry the goat out, but you still found yourself in that wilderness. And somehow, some way, this man found his way back to the camp. I'd imagine. See, what kind of spiritual strength did this dude have to have? He's walking beside all of the sin of the children of Israel. You talk about willpower. You talk about doubting his purpose. He's got one job. 
take him out as far as you can take him so he can't come back. See that man. Verse 26. The Lord said, the one that takes the scapegoat, when he comes back in, tell him to get a bath, get clean, put on some clean garments, and he can come into the camp. He comes back. See, that suitable man don't go off into the wilderness and get lost and get beat down and get disgusted and get so messed up that he can't find his way back to the whole purpose he started with in the first place. He comes back. And I know he's gotten dirty. I know he's messed up his clothes. I know that his body shows the journey that he just went on. If not, why did the Lord say, hey, make him get a bath and make him change his clothes? See, our journey is going to cause us some heartache. Our journey is going to cause us some problems. We're going to get dirty sometimes. We're going to get hurt. We're going to rip our clothes. We're going to be beat up and busted up. We're going to twist an ankle on this journey. We might fall and break a leg. I don't know. But we come back. We don't die in the wilderness. I'm sorry. I believe that in so many of our churches, we've got so many men who have gone to the wilderness and died and not come back. You don't believe me? Look at the godly women in the church versus the godly men in the church. You look at the praying women versus the praying men. We've lost so many men in the wilderness that are not coming back. The journey, life has beat them up. That goat has tore them all to pieces and they're not willing to come back. There's got to be a comeback. Thankfully, You and I don't have to carry a goat anymore. Because this only lasted so long. This had to be done year after year. It was not a one and done thing. Every day of atonement. Two goats had to be brought in. One would die, one would be carried off. Finally, finally Jesus came as the suitable man. He was the man think you're the man he was the man pastor jensen said it no longer required two goats because there was only one lamb jesus fulfilled this whole process in giving his life
He was the man. He came with a purpose. He came knowing whenever he left heaven to come to earth, he knew that he was living to die. He knew that on that journey, as he's teaching all these people and doing his best to set us a foundation of what the church would be, he knew there was a purpose. My purpose is to bring life. I've came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. If it means I die, I die. That's my purpose. Jesus, as the suitable man, cared enough about you and me. The, the future of humanity. That the day of atonement took place when he brought us back together. The day that he died and, the, and then three days later rose again. You talk about a comeback. All of hell was celebrating. He's gone. He's dead. We've buried him. Put some guards right there so he can't get out, even though he's dead. And he still came back. You and I, men, could never be suitable on our own. It should be a desire with everything in us to be that guy. If you need a purpose that's not your own, you ain't got nothing in your life, look at my babies. McCaden walking around in here, he said, Dad, you got some suspenders like I got some suspenders? You need a purpose? You look at my baby. If you don't want to be a suitable man for no other reason, be it for mine. Should be the strongest desire that we could ever have. No goat could ever make it back to my family. No goat can make it back to this family. It's got to go far enough. I've got to go to distance. i got to go that extra mile. When I think I've gone far enough, that old goat turn his head back and look like he knows where he was going. You better keep going. You can't do it on your own. You better be full of the man to make you a man. That was pretty good. I wish I could write these sermons ahead of time. Lord, have mercy. question is 
Are we willing to give him ourself? I think there's a chance that man don't make it back to the camp. So many of them haven't. Are you willing to try? Are you willing to to give it a shot? Take that goat by the horn and drag him as far as you can physically go. I'm talking to the men, but women, you better stand up and be a suitable woman. So the card says, the measure of a man can be determined by his love for Jesus. Thanks for going the extra distance. That sounds real sweet and nice. But if we'll be honest, some of us ain't gone the extra distance yet. God's called us to be the men. And before you were born, God had purposed something for your life. He had set you apart. He had chosen you. And you had a purpose. Whether you ever accept that or not is completely up to you. And he put us in some places where there were some goats that need to be carried off. Every one of you could tell me in some way, shape, or form something that's followed your family. You could tell me what your daddy or your granddaddy struggled with. You could tell me somehow or another, some kind of sin, some struggle that's followed your family alone that needs to stop. Prayerfully, you've not, you've not gone into it. But that don't mean that it's not still there. Sure, maybe you've been forgiven. Maybe you've pushed that to the side. But has it been removed from your family tree? Will you go the distance? You have what it takes to allow the man to make you a man. To take that thing far enough out that it can't come back. Our families need that. This church needs some men that are willing to be a suitable man, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, to carry us to a place, to get rid of some of the stuff so far that it can't come back. Father, I pray for these men today. Lord, as we stand here humbled by your presence, Father, knowing that you're in this house, knowing that you're here with us today, God, you've given us a word that's been challenging, a word that has pushed us, Lord. God, we now know the purpose, the plan, God. Lord, we are to carry that goat. We're to carry those sins. Father, we're to take them far, far away with a purpose and a heart of our family, God. 
We've got to carry those things so far that they can't come back. God, the journey's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. God, we're willing to put aside every insecurity, every failure, every inadequacy, God, every limitation that we feel is on our life, everything that everybody else tells us, God. And all we care, Lord, is what you tell us that we are. We know that we've been chosen by you, Lord. God, and that's all we need to know. We only need to be known by you. God, I pray from right now forward that every bit of our identity be found in who you are, what you called us to be, who you've called us to be, and the purpose you got for our life as men. God, and I pray that as we walk through this journey, as we walk through this life, we go into the wilderness. Lord, that we not be beat down, busted up, and wounded so bad that we can't come back. Lord, we know that we may take a beating, we may take a bruising. It's not going to be easy. God, but give us the spirit of comeback. Allow us, Lord, to follow suit of Jesus when Jesus was beaten and killed and buried, Lord. God, he still came back. When everybody looks at us and sees that all hope is lost, God, give us the strength to come back. Raise us up. Jesus, I thank you for being the suitable man today. I thank you for being the man that bridged all the gaps, that made us back one with the Father that we no longer have to physically carry goats off and we don't have to slaughter animals on this altar because you gave your blood to cover our sin. Let us never forget. Let us never be so proud. Let us never be so busy. Let us never be so consumed with life that we forget that it was only by your blood that we've received forgiveness and the removal of our sin. I thank you, Lord. I worship your name today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.